Welcome to the Cracking the Growth Code podcast, where we explore practical growth and leadership insights to take you and your organization to the next level. Today, I'm very happy to have as my guest, Brugu Giri. Brugu, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for having me over here. Happy to be here. Yeah, and I'm excited. I'm excited that we're both casual. We both have hoodies on. We're relaxed. It's a little late in the day here. I know when people watch it, it could be morning, could be afternoon, uh, could be anywhere yeah. in the world. Uh, but I'd like to start just to uh, introduce yourself, uh, your role with your current company, and and, uh, and and what your current company is up to. This is all about agile leadership and growth, and but we really yeah. want to get to know you and shine a spotlight on, on what you're up to right now to start. Yeah. So uh, currently, I'm a founder CTO uh, of a green tech startup, um, and it's currently in stealth mode because I'm still trying to work through the product fit, uh, through uh, the market fit and requirements and all that. Um, I have a website out there, but mainly what I'm working on is sustainability with respect to um, junk collection, with respect to uh proper disposal of a lot of household waste uh, that people tend to accumulate and hoard over several years and trying to create a marketplace that provides a one-stop solution for green uh, disposal of items that are no longer needed in the households. Um, the market currently is fragmented, so I'm trying to bring it all together and create an Uber for waste management and decluttering services. Um, in my pre previous experience, I have led teams at Apple uh, Uber, Capital One, Goldman Sachs, and a few other financial services companies um, have been an engineer for almost 21 years uh, and a leader for about 15. Um, so yeah, that's in a nutshell what um, my current company is doing um, and what I've been up to for the last two decades or so. That's fantastic. Does the current company have a name yet? Have you named it? Oh yes, I have named it. Uh, it's just not public yet. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. We don't we yeah. don't have to go there. But that's exciting. I like how you described it, the uh, the Uber of uh, of waste management, right, for household yeah. waste. So this is a, um, uh, it's it's a B2C play, essentially, right? It's like getting out to um, households um, focused on United States first or? Well, I mean, you know, it's sort of, um, you know, it's not just for household waste, right? So, you know, let me just dig in a little deeper into sort of the, the marketplace dynamics, right? So currently, if you look at um, just, the general uh, cluttering sort of the ecosystem, right? I mean, where the waste really gets created. There are three main areas where you could you could actually expand it more, but let's just try to get into three main areas. So you have the household waste wherein people have been collecting, you know, stuff for years, like, you know, oh, my childhood toy or this wooden artifact, something that I was really big fan of, but I don't no longer need it. So I put it into a garage or a yard or wherever. The second area is businesses. I mean, businesses create a lot of waste uh, and their waste creation is pretty dynamic depending upon when they get the deliveries. So there's a lot of cardboard waste or they may want to get rid of stuff that's no longer sold on the, you know, the shopping aisles. So they may want to get rid of that. And then the third one is construction waste. So construction sites create a lot of waste and uh, they have these periodic cycles wherein people come in and collect it. But what if they wanted to collect something on demand? And they'd have no ways of doing it. Uh, so in that case, what typically people typically do is they would go online, they would try to shop things, they would have to share a lot of their personal details just to get a quote. Uh, but what if you had a service where you don't have to share any of your personal details, where you want to maintain your privacy, but still want that flexibility to shop around for mm -hmm. the best 
possible best best possible solution provider the best possible rate that really take and that does so in a more sustainable manner by keeping the environment in mind so if you if want a solution like that there isn't one right now uh you know when i was moving from virginia to um california one of the biggest problems was that i had how do I take care of the crib that my daughter no longer uses? How do I take care of the toys that she no longer uses? How do I take care of the swing that she cannot sit in anymore? Um, so I had to find, you know, um, you know, a provider that would come in and collect stuff for Goodwill stores or for the Salvation Army and that way, right? So it's a lot of hassle for consumers or businesses. So I'm trying to simplify that sort of a problem right now. That's a fantastic problem to solve, too, because my, my dad is in his uh, late 70s. He actually takes care of a woman who is in her, I think, late 80s. But just the other side of the market, you talked about the uh, domestic and households and, and, and construction. My dad's dealing with right now, as, as she, um, this woman has dementia, um, as she like uh, literally trips over furniture in her house, they have to remove that furniture from the assisted living facility. Yeah. So he has to have somebody come in. Nobody just comes in and takes us away, but they have to put in furniture that's more um, friendly for her age and for mm. her ability uh, and take out other furniture. So there's a lot of, right. like you said, all households deal with it. We deal with it in our house too. Like as, as, yeah. as the kids grow up older, you know, they yes. get rid of things and, you know, how do you do that in a sustainable way? That's um, yeah. fantastic challenge. Let's talk about, um, it sounds like right now you're a pretty small team, you're a one man team, or you have a small um, I have, uh, I, I just, right now it's just me and uh, two more engineers really trying to solve this problem. Okay. So let's talk through the, um, and I know you have a lot of experience with Apple and some other high profile companies and so forth. And, uh, and you have um, uh, a lot of experience, you know, small, medium, large companies and growing organizations. So as yeah. you're thinking through as a startup founder, you have a team of yourself and two other engineers now, you know, as you where are you going like in the next year? Um, are you looking to uh, double the size of your team, quadruple the size of your team? What are you thinking from a product development perspective and from a staff yeah. development perspective? Yeah, so I, th I think the biggest challenge right now for is twofold. So one is, I mean, you know, obviously to get, um, you know, the, the MVP out, uh, which means building the matching engines and algorithms and everything along with a website that people can interact with. Um, and in parallel, actually try and, acquire customers who are willing to take a bet on, you know, a sustainable marketplace like this, right? Um, because it's very hard to convince people that, you know, you start using, it's just that threshold, right? So we're trying to solve that uh, on those fronts. Uh, the challenge that we are facing is, I mean, you know, obviously with funding and money and whatnot, right? I mean, you know, that every founder has to pay. So right now I'm funding it myself. Mm. Um, I'll see how long I can sustain that. But we're getting some help from here and there. Um, but for the next year, I mean, you know, the biggest challenge is to get the MVP out, um, to get the product market fit, acquire customer, build, and build an ops team that can help with the onboarding of the customers with um, getting the orders, getting the providers to really ship it. I mean, you know, in a semi-autonomous, uh, you know, automated fashion and eventually look for full-scale automation at the same way, like, you know, how Uber or Lyft or DoorDash, I mean, how they really do the whole order keeping system. Um, at some point, I mean, you know, we want to also 
uh, start considering um, getting into a mobile app business and all of that sort of stuff. So yes, growing the team, obviously, um, building a sustainable architecture, compliance related challenges, I mean, that come in with solutions that start really hitting a larger uh, pool of users and providers. So those will be, I mean, the more the most primary, um, you know, goals uh, that I would have for uh, my company in the following year. That sounds fantastic. And there, there's obviously a lot to do. I can tell you're wearing a lot of hats and any startup <laughs> founder has to do that. Yeah. What, what do you see as the biggest, um, and obviously you're the leader of the company and you have to continue to grow and develop, you know, you're, it's a, the, the culture of the company and the ability and effectiveness of its growth is on you right now as you're, de- as you're developing yeah. your team around you. What do you see as the biggest challenges to uh, your growth or your ability to uh, get your MVP to land in a successful enough way to continue a, an upward path forward? Yeah. I, I think, I mean, you know, the biggest, the biggest challenge is, I mean, you know, um, so, you know, as you, as you, as for someone who has worked through, um, you know, mainly corporate settings, right? Like Goldman Sachs or Barclays, large institutions with, you know, storied histories and whatnot, and a very clear vision about what areas of businesses they are going to support and the sort of outcomes they're going to drive for their customers. Uh, Becoming a founder who is just trying to build an MVP right now with no guarantees of whether this will be a success in the marketplace, um, the biggest challenge becomes around, you know, having the right mindset. Right from from a growth and from a build perspective, uh, being perseverant. I mean, your perseverance is another thing, right? Um, you don't want to really give up just because you're facing headwinds and 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 a change in perspective about how you start looking at a problem. Uh, as a startup founder, um, every problem is your problem. You cannot, you don't really have a lot of folks to depend upon, especially when you are starting with just two engineers who are fairly junior in my case. Um, providing the right vision, the motivation, um, you know, the clarity of why we're building a product and how it is going to impact, you know, hundreds or thousands of users um, in in getting rid of the clutter out of their houses and leave better organized lifestyles is, is a big challenge. I mean, you know, and 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 providing that bigger picture vision uh, and drilling it down to how it affects your day to day job mm. um, is the hardest problem to solve right now. And I'm facing it myself. Like, you know, there are days when, you know, um, to be honest, I feel like, you know, is this the right thing? To do right and to continue sort of pushing through that barrier that's in your mm-hmm. mind is is tricky it's it's something that i have never uh faced before in the last 20 years that i've been working because i've always worked in organizations where the vision was already set up by somebody else at the top mm-hmm. so to be at that position um is 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 interesting yeah i love that you went to mindset as the first thing because that's so so important and as a um, you know, my background's project management and agile scrum master and coaching and executive coaching and so forth. And um, I think about mindset all the time. And especially in the last five years, I said, okay, how can I develop my mindset better? How can I put myself in yeah. challenging situations personally and professionally? Because that's how I'm helping people lead through that, right? Just as you're leading yeah. yourself and your organization, you know, through challenges, it's personally and professionally, it's it's challenging every day. So I really I commend you for going the entrepreneurial route because it's the next phase for you, the next challenge, yeah. the next opportunity to really creatively uh, share your gifts with the world, right? In a bigger way. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it's 
yeah, it's not easy. I mean, you know, because when you have had, um, you know, somewhat comfortable sort of a setting wherein, I mean, you know, you're just worried about your specific point of the view from a work, from a world perspective, right? That, okay, this is my area that I'm going to support ads from a data perspective in Apple, or I'm going to support business systems at Uber, for example. Um, you know, it, your view is you focused, right? I mean, you know exactly what you're doing and, and to really expand that mindset to start thinking about, okay, I need to think about how I'm going to acquire customers. I need to think about what my architecture is going to look like, what my infrastructure investments are going to look like. Where is the money going to come from in order to do all of that? I mean, it's it's a lot, right? And and that's where like, you know, you start thinking about, okay, um, how do I want to organize my actions and sequence them or make them parallel in a way, in wherever possible, so that I can, A, I mean, you know, best use my time and, and energies, and B, I want to make sure that we're moving, you know, the ball forward, not mm-hmm. really stepping backward from there, right? So uh, it, it's a learning exercise. I'm still learning, um, still struggling through it, uh, going through bouts of depression sometimes, <laughs> that yeah. am I really doing the right thing? But the the focus is always forward, right? That, okay, I want to like take baby steps and move forward and learn from some, like, you know, learn from this experience, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, I can tell you're very passionate, Brugger, about the uh, the problem that you're solving, which is fantastic. And I'd imagine as a leader that you're going to tap into the benefits that that solution is going to offer your end customers to give you motivation, yeah. right? Because the, yeah. the ups and downs, depression, excitement, all that, you know, it comes and goes as a startup uh, founder yeah. for sure. And so, what what do you um, what sort of gets you out of the depression and gets you reconnected to the to the energy and the uh, the spark that really started it all? Do you do you connect yeah. it with with how you're going to change somebody's life with with a solution or are there yeah. other things? Yeah. So, what really um, you know sort of helps me get out of it is i mean you know obviously the fact that i mean you know this is something that i'm truly passionate about i've been for five years ever since i was at uber uh when i sort of pitch, when i pitched this problem to our incubator team but we weren't able to pick it up at that point so i've been passionate on it for about five years so this is something that's definitely been uh at the back of my mind for about five or five plus years now uh the second aspect is i mean you know um i'm very stubborn when it comes to um you know problems and stuff so um i may face like you know i'm just get depressed a little bit when things aren't really moving at the speed that i would like them to move but i don't really give up i mean you know that's one of my traits that um is good and bad in a certain way but the stubbornness really makes me going and the thing is the third thing is about my um inherent like you know um um passion for solving complex problems. I love solving complex problems. I want to take them head on and I want to make sure, um, you know, I'm always thinking about, you know, what are the three different ways or five different ways that I can really approach this problem to really solve it. So those three things in combination, really the stubbornness, the solve, the thirst to solve a problem and, um, and not giving up, right? I mean, those things really make me uh, really get out of the depression and, you know, focus on, I mean, you know, how can, can how can I keep moving the ball forward all the time uh, with respect to what I'm really solving right now? That That is fantastic, Ruger. I think about just the way you shared that. I think about those things all the time. And I'll compare it um, just briefly to, um, I did my first Spartan race like 11 years ago, which is an obstacle course race. You go out in the mud, you're crawling under barbed wire. It's very uncomfortable, way out of your mm. comfort zone. And uh, when I was training for my first one, 
um, one of my my friends who was a, a personal trainer at the time said, you know what, you're going to do fine because it's all mindset to do any challenge, mm. whether it's a startup founder, it's the mindset and being persistent. Like you said, persistent. Can you persistently keep a growth mindset, even when your yeah. mind says, oh, it's safer to just do this other thing. It's safer to go back and, and work for a big company that has a big budget and you're just rolling out another product. It's a lot more safe. It's a lot more predictable. But when you do something your own, now you're creating something. There's yeah. a lot more clay that you're molding and a lot more potential yeah. impact in the yeah. world that you're going to make with your uniqueness, yeah. right? Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, some. I mean, the, the whole... The thing is, I mean, you know, um, because of whatever circumstances with respect to like, you know, um, that I had at the time, I always wanted to play it safe. I always wanted to really mitigate the risk. I always wanted to make sure that, okay, you know, um, I don't really want to step out of a certain boundary that I had created in my mind about what are the areas I want to work on, for example, right? Um, so moving out of finance, for example, uh, when I came to Uber, um, was a big step for me. That was like one of the first things where I felt, okay, this is something out of my comfort zone. I'm working for a non-public company that is about to go public and we don't know how it is going to behave and all those things. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, you know, from there taking a jump totally into something that I'd never worked into in ads was another thing. But it was always, as you said, right, that working in a corporate setting where you have fixed budgets, where you have predictable outcomes, somebody else decides at the top what we're going to deliver um, is different. But I had this hankering about, okay, I want to do something of my own. I want to really be, you know, uh, my own boss someday. I want to really start something of my own. Um, so that was always there. And now with this opportunity, I'm really hoping to make it a success um putting in the time and um energy and we'll see i mean you know how that goes <laughs> i'll definitely that's, let you know yeah i know that's very very exciting i'm excited to keep in touch with you along your whole journey of course through, yeah i would love like, to as well I, I love i love entrepreneurship and there's so much um there's so much out there this relates to a um i saw a conversation with another entrepreneur giving um this other entrepreneur advice and these other entrepreneurs were franchisees in the hospitality space. So they had a number of restaurants, mm -hmm. a number of retail businesses that they've mm -hmm. owned for the last like 20 years. And they said to the more senior entrepreneur as advice, they said, Hey, what do you recommend we do next? Do we go expand our portfolio? And he said, I think you should become the franchisor. I think you should come up with your own opportunity that you're putting right. out in your place and find franchises and, right right which is like just what you did you went from yeah. creating and trying new things under the protection and safety of a corporate uh, right. entity to doing it completely on your own like how can you create your own baby from scratch right go? which is very exciting yeah. absolutely as we wrap up here Bruger, we're, we're uh as we wrap up what are three tips that you have to share for other leaders in the world uh, today that, that they could uh, take away with? What are three key takeaway tips that you yeah. could offer other leaders? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you know, the thing is, I mean, you know, what I typically go by, right, is, uh, you know, it's a, it's always about people, process, and technology, right? So when I talk about people, it's like, you know, lead, lead with empathy, make sure that you care for the people that you work on, provide actionable feedback and make sure that you understand perspective. We have a perspective about what's going on from a process perspective, uh, perseverance, leading, uh, leading change, uh, being transformational with, I mean, you know, and challenging the status quo and technology is always look for better opportunities to really make a positive impact to the world that you're in. So use of technology to drive impact are the three tips that I would give anybody. 
from a leadership point. Those are great. And, you know, me being in the agile space, those all speak to agile all the time because people process yeah. and technology, they're always changing, right? You always need to adapt. Yeah. How can you maximize yeah. the people and the process and the technology to the yeah. benefit of solving the complex problem that you're going after? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time, your energy, all your insights. I know our audience is absolutely love, love hearing this. And uh, I look forward to keeping in touch with you on your on your journey. Yeah. And into the next year and beyond. Yeah, me I mean. as well. I mean, you know, it was great to really connect with you, Matt. And I mean, you know, I love what you're doing. Uh, it's definitely something, you know, if it were a video library, it could be a playbook for future leaders to really, you know, learn from, uh, benefit from, and really make it, you know, make lives better for the people that they're leading. Um, you know, so it's it's a great sort of initiative that you have with the Growth Podcast. And I'm happy that you really reached out for me to share some of my experiences with your audiences. So great have, you know, great being here. Um, and I would love to be uh, on your podcast again. I mean, you know, I absolutely loved our conversation. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Brugu. Absolutely, sir. Take care.